episode 272 of Nerds for the 19th of April. I'm joined by the wonderful Andrew. Hello! I'm on expedition here in the jungle. Yep. Uh, the weird thing about the jungle is it's littered with wind chimes. I believe that there there was a... This is the old uh, chime dumping ground. Oh. Yes. Is that where I've been recording from this whole time? You just haven't been telling me? I mean, whenever it's time to record, someone, a van pulls up, they put a black bag over my head, mm. and I am blindfolded, mm-hmm. I record... This all sounds normal. And then I'm dumped back onto the street. Mm. Well, I didn't... I mean, I'm going to show you now the door. I'm going to point at the door over there. You see that door? Yeah. Through that door is actually the back of a closet. Oh. This is a this is a weird wormhole portal what? situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For real? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. is it is it like a is it like a Stephen King novel where he goes through the closet in the back of the diner and he shows up uh, three years uh, before no, Kennedy it's more was like assassinated? A Narnia situation. Oh, Narnia. Mm. Narnia. Narnia. And so they just use this portal whenever there's too many wind chimes. They just chuck them in there. Yeah. I mean, it's. it's Maybe we should find more wormholes. It would really take care of our yeah, I waste the, problem. I found the one for socks. It's what? weird. Yeah, you know how you always lose one sock? I always lose socks. I found the one sock portal. What? Yeah. You got to show me that portal. I need they, to go get my socks. They actually, they gained sentience and formed a society. Whoa. Yeah, I had to board up the wall. They were going to come back. They were coming, trying to come yeah. through, right? Mm-hmm. Those pesky socks. Or they were going to, they were finding, they wanted their mates. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It's a weird time. It's an interesting time we live in. Yeah. I think I, everything that I'm describing now is is more interesting than the movie we were going to review. Oh, Sorry. we're throwing down the gauntlet already. I'm Jordan, by the way. I'm Andrew, didn't you ever Yeah, say I okay. said your name. We haven't gotten to mine. But we're going to be reviewing The Jungle Book later. The one from 2016, of course. Yeah, the John Favreau joint. Oh, God. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't even... I forgot about that. Yeah? That was just forgotten in my brain. The man who created Chef and Iron Man. He didn't create Iron Man. Or, as I like to say, say Iron Chef. Iron Chef, yeah. Yep. That saves you time. Yes. I mean, it's just easier that way. Mm-hmm. Before that, we're going to have our top 10 and our new releases. And after, we're going to have our guest the ending. But are we, are we changing the format a little bit today? Cause we're not I even going to do like, a discussion. Yeah, there's no reason. This is the... This is a movie that I feel like has no spoilers. Like I don't know, it's it's weird. It's it's what the third or fourth intera- uh, version of this. Yeah. So I don't know. Read the book or, or watch either seen of the, the movies. The original Disney animated yeah. film. Right. I'm not too worried about people hearing details about this film. Yeah. Yeah. There's. It's uh, just this. This like version's. We'll just version we'll give a review. Stuff. We'll go as deep as we can, and then we'll, and we'll give move up. On. Yeah. <laughs> well, Keep going with our lives. Uh-huh. But first, let's do the top ten. All right. Uh, count me down. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> Are we switching it? I guess we're going to switch it today. I already said count me down. Okay. Uh, you might fall into number ten. I in the sky, uh, but only if number nine. God's Not Dead 2, which you might hear about from number eight. Miracles from Heaven which I think is something that happened at number seven. My big fat Greek wedding two. If you show up, you might be a number six. Criminal. And if you're one of those, don't go to number five. Zootopia, which is a better place to visit than number four. Beavis Doge. And if you go there, you're going to want to meet number three. The boss? Who works at number two. Barbershop, the next cut <laughs> which we, yeah something something number one 
Uh, Jungle Book. <laughs> I, I added... Uh, all the question marks. For all seven. the question marks. Because yeah, we added question marks to some titles. I think they should be represented in the mm-hmm. document. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, and holy crap, did Jungle Book make a lot of money. And holy crap, did Beavis Doge fall down that list. Yep. It made $9 million. And Barber's Shop did way better than it. Way I know better. it's its first weekend, so it's, you know, it's going to do way better. But you would think a highly anticipated meeting of comic book characters that uh, millions of people around the world love Here's the thing. Would, would do better. Here's the thing. Huh. I think everybody who wanted to see it has seen it. And everyone who has seen it isn't seeing it again. Yeah. Like with Star Wars yeah. or some of the Marvel movies. Yeah. At and least not in as numbers. There are defenders. It's strange. Of course. But there are v- they're not seeing it in the numbers that Star Wars had. Right. There's there's a defense force on the internet for sure. But I think when when someone saw Star Wars or when someone saw any of the Marvel movies, I mean the good ones, uh well, like they would they would Avengers. ask they would ask and they would say hey should I see this and mm-hmm. the people who saw it went yeah for sure yeah and it, they said yeah I already saw it but I'll go with you right yes, now let's go back yeah uh, our, our friend of the show Matt Benson uh, publicly posted how many ticket stubs he has to Star mm-hmm. Wars and he says he's going to go again even though it's already out on Blu-ray so yeah. he's committed he'll find a way he's life finds a way yeah and Matt Benson finds a way mm-hmm. and uh, oh, they're showing it at uh, Cal State Long Beach. So let's go. go. We'll sneak him in. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm totally down. Uh, That's next week, but yeah. Let's do it. Uh, we can review it on the show. <laughs> Matt Benson's <laughs> trip to Cal State Long Beach. Uh, and I feel like even the people who love Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. when someone asks them, hey, should I go see it? Mm-hmm. They'd probably say, and I feel like this is true, well, and they would have a bunch of qualifiers. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much do you love action movies? How much do you love these characters? Do you just want to turn your brain off? I feel like there's all of these yeah. qualifiers that yeah. don't exist with other great do movies. Do you want to wait three years for a complete story? You know, those kinds yes. of things. Yes. Uh, did you hear about the, the cut, the director's cut, before they skimmed it down? It's it was four. No, it was four hours. Jesus. It was four hours long before they cut it down to make the... Like, they had a cut that was like, this is the movie. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, no one's going to go to the theater to watch this. We need to cut it down. And they made the two and a half hour version. The funny they thing cut is, an hour and a half out of that film. Yeah. The funny thing is no one wants to go see it anyway. Well, no, I'm generalizing. Excuse me. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm bitter. It's it's hard. I know it a, is. It scarred you when a film disappoints you so much. Yeah, that you're when you're cutting out the next ones. Just <clears throat> wow. Here's the crazy thing. Like with all the news, the Spider-Man news going on right mm-hmm. now. Uh, so Spider-Man, it, it was remade within ten years of the the yeah, first that's iteration. Too much. There was there was a trilogy. They remade it within like five years and of the last two film, more. and they made two more, and those did not do so well. So they're already going to have to. They're remaking him again. Mm. But here's the thing. I'm weirdly excited. Uh, the and only I, reason I'm excited... I really wouldn't have cared, but I'm weirdly excited. It's because they're giving it to a group of people that we know love we what they're trust, doing. trust, right? We yes, trust them. We do trust them at this point. And maybe we shouldn't, but we do. But see, that's how trust works, though, is someone keeps giving you good results... Mm. And because of those good results, you're seeing into the future saying, well, they've given me good stuff in the past. They're going to give me good stuff in the mm-hmm. future. With Spider-Man, with with uh, the Fantastic Four, with anything coming out of DC, 
there hasn't been enough good, consistent results yeah. to make us trust these people. Yeah. And we know for a fact that the people who make Fantastic Four and Spider-Man up to this point were only doing it so they could keep the copyright. Yeah, they they were literally only making movies because if they didn't, it would go back onto the market and Marvel would buy them back. It was a money decision. Well, and also in the... In the case of Spider-Man, they were trying to make their own Spider-Universe separate from the Marvel Universe. Which is insane. It's absolutely insane. I Because mean, what makes those superheroes great is that they do exist in the same the, universe. The crazy thing is, I, I think I could have liked it. Yeah. Because they were, they were like, yeah, we're going to make a Venom movie. And I was like, oh, I like Venom. That could be cool. And they were like, oh, we're going to make a Sinister Six coolest... movie. And I was yeah. like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but who cares? I kind of like that. I mean, at least it's something new. Yeah. It's something different. Yeah. But uh, that ultimately failed. So now we got Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. And which we've been promised. It's not an origin story. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Except the word homecoming uh, in it, which is synonymous well, with high school. Well, he's gonna going to be in high school. Back to- I feel like he needs to be in high school. <sighs> Canonical Peter Parker is a high schooler. But That's this, how we need to meet him. This is one of the things I we have a problem with. We don't need to see the spider though. bite. Here, this is... But <laughs> we this, don't need to see that. This is the thing that I have with pro- a problem with when it comes to younger superheroes mm-hmm. is they are perpetually... Ageless. Yeah. They're in high school and they're in high school forever. That doesn't make any sense. You get Iron Man, you get Captain America, they're adults. They can be like permanently 40 because they're 40 years old. And yeah. but it feels like through these Marvel movies, they are aging. It feels like they're aging. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're gonna get to a point where they're gonna say, Iron Man needs to put his suit away and someone else takes the mantle. Yeah. Which is the normal progression it would go through in the comic books and all kinds of other mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes over a longer longer period of time because comics come out comics slower. But yeah. uh, I think I think that makes sense. So if you introduce a character who is perpetually in high school, ugh. I don't want that. That doesn't well, make no, any I think, sense. I think they're going to age, but they want to start him in the classic high school. Oh, all that's, right. But the problem is, is I've seen Gwen Stacy. I've seen... I don't. It's not going to be Gwen Stacy. But that's the it's point. It's not going to be Mary Jane. But to who? I don't know. They they cast a lady and nobody knows who she's going to play. Oh, Jesus. But um, the rumor is, and then, I mean, we're just going to talk about that because this this is more exciting than anything else we're going to talk about today. <laughs> uh, the rumor is, is that Michael Keaton is supposed to be a villain oh. in Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. The word was a villain, not mm-hmm. the villain. Mm-hmm. So there could be more villains, yeah. and he may not be the main villain. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of interesting, right? Uh, I think the obvious well, people are thinking, oh, he's going to play Osborn. Which, as much as I love to see Malcolm Keaton play Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. uh, we don't I th- need that. I think that would I think be great. Need to, we need to not have Green Goblin. The problem is, yes, <laughs> let's have a Norman Osborn mm-hmm. without a Goblin. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Or less, or at least have there be a goblin in this universe, but we never see him in the movie. Yeah. We just know that Norman Osborn is the goblin, and we only see him as Norman Osborn. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I yeah. think having a villain on well, the scene that only the audience knows that it's them yeah. is perfect. Well, and also uh, Norman Osborn is a villain in his own right without yeah. being the Green Goblin. Of there course, was a yeah. great run uh, uh, of uh, like a six-issue series called Osborn. Mm-hmm about him breaking out of the 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 raft mm-hmm. which is the prison cell shown that Tony Stark is is like admiring or building or whatever in the new trailer right. for Civil War mm-hmm. which that's exciting so the, all the pieces are there i i think we just need an evil norman osborn mm-hmm. oscorp is just a shady corporation yeah i mean he kind of is the lex luthor of that but universe, i would love right? to see some 
yeah, I would love to see. I could, yeah, I just yeah. have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to see just new, different villains that are interesting and worthwhile. Right, because the problem is they kept using the same Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah. And and they did such a great job with uh, what's his name, Doctor Octopus. Yeah, we don't need that again. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it. I'm just, that Spider-Man Two is for me the best of the series. Yeah. So it, it hit a high point, and then ever since then it's just gone down. You yeah. know, Spider-Man Two is better than both Amazing Spider-Man films. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll just put that in your. That was the last thing. time I cared about a villain in that universe. Oh, that was the only time I, I cared loved about a villain Doc in the universe. Doc. He, <sighs> such a great actor. He was so tragic. Yeah. Um, I, I used to meet I you way better this. than that villain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, went way back. Uma Thurman. That's the one that I like in that film. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's good. And they somehow put Bane in there? Anyway, uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> it was Bane when he was a luchador for yep. some reason. A luchador Bane. E, what in the world is going on with Barbershop? Uh, Can we trace the history of that series? Because there was uh, Barbershop, Barbershop 2... And then I think they did the spinoff where it was the the stylist right. women, uh, and then somehow their two shops combined. Yeah, and they're going to work together to save the neighborhood. Yeah, and so it's it's uh, like social consciousness uh, plus the comedy that you love from I all the barbershop movies. Really interesting, I, because a series and like it's this, Ice Cube, yeah, Ice this, Cube's doing it. The series like this could just fall into like. B, C, D level territory of quality, right? It could just mm-hmm. get worse and worse and worse, and eventually it becomes a straight-to-DVD series. It's kind of triumphing in a weird way. It, it's it's taking on issues, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, good for them yeah. for going that way. I mean, I haven't seen it, I'm but... I'm gonna tell you, I think Kevin Bacon is in the one, the first hairstylist one. I don't. That's not called Barbershop. It's called... Uh, I don't remember. Hair Salon? Yeah, I don't if you, if you look it up, you'll know, but I'm not I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm just going to let you imagine Kevin Bacon in a film like that. Sounds good to me. Where he is a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then, um, oh man, Zootopia is still killing it. It's I, called I Beauty say. Shop. Beauty Shop. They kept the alliteration there, mm-hmm. the, the, the initial contents. Kevin um, Bacon is in it, right? Come on. I want this uh, confirmation. Uh, <laughs> I, need, uh, I need to know. Uh, yes. Oh, dang. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is Alicia Silverstone. How many people are one, one degree away, away from, from, yeah, from right. Kevin Bacon? It's getting now. smaller and smaller now. I'm still going to say it again. Zootopia. <clears throat> still doing great. Yeah, I love it. Zootopia has been out almost twice as long as Batman v Superman, and I feel like it's going to last longer yep. somehow. I think they're going to switch places next week. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to uh, knock below Yeah, we don't have Zootopia. any kids' movies coming out this weekend, so mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's still got a good chance. Jungle Book, I think, it is going to have another big showing. Oh, yeah, that's just true. Because Jungle Book is a kids' movie. Look at me forgetting about Jungle Book yeah. as soon as it comes out. I mean, it's not like we're reviewing it or anything, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's move on though. Uh, new releases. New releases. Uh, new on DVD and Blu-ray this week. We have The Revenant. Yeah, yeah. We reviewed that in episode two fifty-eight, and we both really liked it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of I think what I don't like about it now mm-hmm. is the um, the conversation that surrounds it regarding acting. Yes. 
uh, I really, I'm starting to dislike, I mean, I disliked it all, the, the, the conversation already, but it's still persisting in a way that I don't mm-hmm. think is interesting or true, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. The, the, where actors, other actors will name drop the Revenant in saying the kind of acting is pain kind of acting. Yeah. And, and not, not always complaining about it, but sometimes mm-hmm. citing it as maybe that's not the kind of acting that they like or that they think of in acting sense. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't either. I think of acting, I think of like in a stage sense. And mm-hmm. The Revenant is is an experience. Like yes. it's a weird. It's an outlier. Yeah. And it should be an outlier. Mm-hmm. But it like you don't take an outlier. I mean, like I'm going to talk math here for a second. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at a set of data and you have all these numbers and you have a graph and most of the numbers line up, that's what you talk about are the ones that follow correlation, that mm-hmm. follow theory, right? If you have a number that's way out, that's what you throw away. You don't cite that as something specific. Yeah. And, you know, The Revenant should be seen as this experience, as this interesting thing that happened, mm. as this incredible ride that you can go on. And, mm. and it is, in, in my opinion, an amazing film. But don't, don't use that as an example. Yeah. That's, that's unique, you know? Then mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, on DVD only... Uh, oh, am I clicking on stuff or not? I mean, no, I'm not. I'm, I don't know what to do for games right now. We're just going to play your have you seen it on TV situation. Okay. Uh, on DVD only, we have a film. Oh, my God, this is scary. Uh, you need to describe Look at this it cover. in a minute. It's called Archie. Archie is an acronym. What does it stand for? Does it say on there? Oh, my God. Anima- uh, animatronic robot. No. Canine helpful in- inexperienced expert. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't say. even say. Not no. on the cover. No. If you zoom in on that cover, thought it might. Artificial <laughs> electronic canine hyperintelligence experiment. Oh, okay. I see where they're getting all those letters. Okay. Yeah. Voiced by Michael J. Fox. Oh my goodness. He's some kind of a robot dog. Hello, how they do fall. <laughs> you know. So the trailer involves some weird, like. I think they're going for Minority Report with the circles. What? They have like they have like circles for Archie. For Archie, <laughs> Archie and then the it's a dog? dog's face. It's an adorable beagle type breed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Not not beagle. Jack uh, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, he's licking his face in an adorable way, but one of his eyes is a Terminator eye. Oh boy, that would scare me. And I don't like it. <laughs> if I was a child, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. All right. Uh, then new on Blu-ray, uh, the Peter Fonda classic, Yuli's Gold. Oh. I thought you might have seen this one. Yeah. Okay. I have not. It's cool. Coming out on Blu-ray. It's cool. All right. Here we go. We got a, we got a TVD threesome here. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to have a special round of, of three shows where I'm going to attempt to guess whether or not Jordan has watched any of these shows and how much. Uh, we're going to start with... Haven coming out on TVD this week it says it's Haven, the complete final season. Uh, what I read from this is that it's based on a Stephen King property. Oh, I do like those. Uh, and you know, I'm going to take a while, I guess, to say I haven't seen it. I think yeah. it's on Sci-Fi. Haven't is it even seen it? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I feel like you would have talked about this if you'd seen it because you usually talk about these kinds of shows that, that are city. It's like a little city that's having troubles. A trouble city. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that's what I like to call these shows, right? Yeah, <laughs> are you getting more information on it? Yeah. Haven, Maine. She has no past. She has no family. She was raised in an orphanage, so she lives for what she does best: being an FBI agent. 
and she's sent to a distant Maine village called Haven mm-hmm. to investigate the crime of a prison fugitive. Mm-hmm. Things about people with powers. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Uh, then we have Pretty Little Liars, the complete sixth season. I'm going to say you've not watched one second of this show. Well, no, I'm good. I watched um, the first episode I'm ever. Good. <laughs> Because I had heard that there's a great Gatsby connection in it, and there is, but I don't know if I can put up with a whole show about just the, that. Well, I think it's only in the first season, so. Uh, and then Veep, the complete fourth season. I'm going to say you watched a couple of the first seasons. I don't know if you've seen the fourth. I've seen up to. I've seen all the way through the second season. Okay. It's a really good show. It's fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to season five. Uh, the only reason I haven't kept up to date with it is because. I, it's just all on HBO, and I yeah, can go watch HBO it anytime. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like keeping up with stuff that come out, and I'm just like, all right, when I have time, I'll go back. It's fantastic. It is. It's incredible. Yeah, Veep's a very funny show. Mm-hmm. Great ensemble comedy. Oh yeah, they're really good about every. It seems like every season they add an, a new actor to the mix, and they're really good. Yeah, yeah, they got good people on there, and the writing is top notch. Mm-hmm. They're 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 commenting about. Like sometimes it's straight out of the headlines type yeah. stuff that they'll they'll put in there, mm-hmm. but most of the time they're just doing their own stuff and it's really good. I had recently seen something where a uh, someone running for prime minister or something of Australia, I don't know uh-huh. what what country it was. Um, he basically used their made up phrase that they used in Veep to oh. like to make fun of the dumb phrases that politicians use. Nice. It was it was something like um, like. Uh, change but the same like it was like that kind of thing but the same and he he basically used the same phrase but without the and it was just the two words Mm. it was like consistency and difference (laughs) it was was like dang it was the two same words he just took out like the the and i i don't know if he did it on purpose um continuity and change yeah (laughs) think about that think about that yeah how little that actually means and yet there it is in the show. And yeah, he's it using it, and they in the show it was continuity with change. Oh yeah, in the show, which is even funnier. Mm-hmm. The most meaningless election slogan we could think of, mm-hmm. says the writers, and now the politician in Australia is using it. Uh, so yeah, that's Veep. I like Veep a lot. All right, so that's pretty uh, great. Yeah, Australian Prime Minister. Uh-huh. That's pretty awesome. If you want to pick those up, go to your local video store, aka. A store that still exists, I'm sure. Yep. Um, they do. Every once in a while. Yes. They're hard to find. When we come right back, we will be reviewing uh, The Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Feeling peckish this midnight? Set your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sample only the finest in sinister stories and coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinera sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appétit! (laughs) Are you alone out here? What are you doing so deep in the jungle? Don't you know what you are? I know what you are. I know where you came from. 
sweet little cove. I'll keep you close. Let go of your fear now. And trust. The Jungle Book, directed by Jean Favreau. Jean Favreau. Starring a lot of people, mostly in voice form. Yep. Uh, we got one, Ben, Idris, Lupita, Scarlett, Giancarlo. Bill. Christopher. The one that is a Gary. human oh, we got is Gary. Uh, a, a new kid, Neil Sethi, I believe mm. is how you say his name. Y'all. He plays Mowgli. Y'all. Uh, the story of Jungle Book is, uh, I believe, fairly well known. Uh, people of a certain age, Ooh, and perhaps all ages. Look uh, it up. <laughs> and this is, in fact, Disney's official remake of it. Yeah. Uh, because the Jungle Book is a um, uh, copyright-free, it's a public domain, right. bu- a book in the public domain now, because mm. it was, uh, you know, written so long ago. Mm. Um, people are just adapting it. And uh, I think, in a sense, the other companies that are adapting it are kind of going off of the cachet of what Disney has created. Right. And the, and the to, name brand recognition in a sense. And they've tried to protect themselves. I don't know if you've looked at legislator, like what they've done in the past 20 years, but they've changed a lot of copyright law to protect a lot of their stuff, oh, to keep it out of the public domain. Disney is, yeah. Disney, every time that it comes up, Disney fights for another 20 years. Yeah. It's so nuts. that they keep adding time to So the, I have. think that's why they did this is because they couldn't keep this out of the public domain. Yeah, so they... They make this film, and then they can claim all this again. Yep. Uh, which is silly. I think everything's silly about what, what is happening here. Yep. This, this film is live I action mean, with CGI animals. And, it, and I mean, I almost feel like we were talking about how Spider-Man and Fantastic Four come out so frequently because they're trying to keep the copyright. Mm-hmm. Disney's Well, it's in the same way. What was too. it? Uh, last year, the Cinderella remake oh, came out? Oh, yeah. And then, the was it the year before that was Maleficent? Yeah. Which I enjoyed Maleficent, mm-hmm. but it was pretty clear what they were doing there right they're keeping you know keeping their characters and Alice and in Wonderland's coming bit. up oh god I'm so isn't upset. it this year yes it's like next month isn't it yes Ugh. it has nothing to do with the books at all Ugh. it has nothing to do with anything nothing to do with the, the original cartoon it was it's ridiculous they're just doing whatever they want and it's now. upsetting because James Bobbin is the director and he did the the first Muppet movie mm-hmm. I think he did this he might have done the sequel too but he's he's just in general like a very talented director and a funny guy and, and a good getting like him to do this yeah and they got him to do the Alice Wonderland sequel through the Looking Glass are they even yep. just calling it that yep anyway, lazy I can't even uh, so yeah so this this film has some differences I'm gonna say from the classic that you know and mm-hmm. even especially from the book I'm not an expert on the book but it's not close. Uh, and I think uh, it's a reimagining. Oh God! I don't know. Uh, let's let's just talk about it, right? So I'm. Pretty I don't sure, like the ending. Oh God! I I don't even care about the ending. Just, 
Uh, but I wanted to start at the beginning. Okay, let's start at the beginning. The, the wolf thing didn't make a lot of sense to me. Nope. Um, the wolves raise the boy, mm-hmm. uh, raise Mowgli. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a leader wolf yep. and a mama wolf. Yep. Uh, I did like that the the mama wolf was kind of strong. She oh, seemed kind of yeah. I really liked her. They uh, wasted good. Giancarlo on the uh, Giancarlo Esposito is the leader wolf, and yep. he I knew his character was put in there just to kill him off. Yeah, it sucks because uh, they couldn't kill off you know the classic characters that we know and love. Right. So they had to kind of create kind of a new one i think wolves are in the book but not in the same capacity not like this uh so yeah so that's kind of a bummer <laughs> yeah i don't like it when they add characters just to kill them because that's dumb yep that's dumb to me uh i just want to talk about the songs that's what i want to okay. talk about uh they get bill murray to do a version of bare necessities mm-hmm. um He's not necessarily singing it in his singing voice. Nope. I think he can kind of sing. Yeah, I've heard, uh, I've heard he's a great singer. Wasn't for uh, the Netflix's Bill Murray Christmas special, he sang a little? Yeah. And I would have to assume he did okay. Mm-hmm. Here, he wasn't really singing. No. It was kind of in character. It's like a sing-songy voice. A little fun, but not Yeah. Not necessarily enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, then Christopher Walken kind of speak talks the King Louis song. Yeah. Uh, which was interesting. There's a better version of the, in the credits of the movie. Yeah, and the it's super weird that then they re, they kind of do a reprise of it in the credits, and the the credits were really kind of gorgeous. And I would imagine in 3D, incredible. Yeah, uh, when neither of us these... saw this film in 3D, no. it came out in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a complaint that you have. Yeah, uh, the 3D because it is it's so obvious from every standpoint that it was designed as a 3D movie, and and I. As someone who wears glasses, it's kind of tough to have a pair of glasses on and the 3D glasses and to not come away with a headache. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless it's something incredible, I'm not usually going to go out of my way to see 3D. Mm-hmm. And there's just telltale signs of just 3D post-processing all over this movie. Um, a lot of the jungle is fake. And yeah. you can tell the different layers, you know, the different kind of, you know, platforms that you're looking at have different uh, post-processing on them that there'll be, like, things that shouldn't be blurry are blurry because of the fact that when it comes to 3D, right, they want to draw your eye to a certain view in order to make the 3D look great and to get the full effect. So anything that they don't want you to look at kind of gets a little blurry. So I'm sitting here looking at the screen, right? In a normal movie, I'd see these giant scenes of the jungle that are gorgeous right and i'd want to see everything i'd want to look in the trees for for birds i'd want to check out the bark and and look at the water and i just want to take in the whole scene and and look at the detail Mm -hmm. and to have a good 60 percent of the screen be blurry because they want you to look at a specific part of it is disconcerting yeah i hate it there were parts of this movie where i'm just like stuff is blurry why is it blurry like i'm looking at my glasses i'm ch- i have bifocal lenses so i'm like changing the angle that i'm looking at the screen thinking that maybe it's my glasses and it's just i i'm being taken out of the experience of this movie because i'm i'm looking at blurry images and i think that's a horrible precedent to set like we were talking about it before we started recording and i almost feel like if they're going to make a movie like this they should have it shot a certain way they should do the CG a certain way, and then when they're going to change it over, when they're going to do the 3D conversion, because it's obvious 3D conversion, 
the majority of this, if not all of it, is done on green screen, right? Like, he's not in the jungle. Um, or if he is, I mean, I think they did shoot some of it in a jungle. Right. But if they use green screen for backgrounds to kind of, right. you know, enhance what you're seeing. But no, there are no live animals at all. That's it's, what I'm there's saying. There's no, I mean, it's, it's, I'm reading the trivia here, and at one point it says that, um, John Favreau would stand in for the animals at times because the you know I feel bad for this kid he's yeah. acting with nothing he's by himself yeah it's so, kind of a bummer so I mean good for him for being able to do it but at the end of the day it's not like they're taking images they shot in 2D and then I mean they're converting it right unless they use the 3D camera the whole time yeah, which no just sounds I don't know it's, I don't know yeah. filmmaking down to that level of of like using a different kind of camera but it's clear that the majority of what you see is done in a computer the 3d effects are done in a computer so why don't we have a 2d version of this film that is without all the post-processing effects because even even though it's not in 3d you're looking at some of these animals you're looking at some of these vines and these shots and you're like wow they are really shimmery yeah they are way more shimmery than they should be and as someone who sees a lot of 2D and 3D movies, it's clear that when you see that, that's because that's supposed to be 3D. That's supposed to be coming out of the image. If I had glasses on and I was in a 3D movie theater, it would be coming out into the screen or into, the, into my view. And that's cool and all, but I'm not watching a 3D movie. So I have a vine attracting my attention because it's all shimmery. Yeah. That's, that doesn't make any sense for a movie. No. And I know this is a nitpicky thing, but I'm trying to... In- I'm trying to watch this film and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And every little thing like blurriness well, and say, shimmering. Even, even that, and first, that first shot where it's kind of like coming into the beauty of the jungle. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, look at all these animals. And then as soon as it starts moving to the right, I go, oh, I see all that blur. Yeah. And it's because of the 3D. Yeah. The There's 3D that's blurriness. not there before us because yeah. we're watching the 2D version. Yeah. And it, it takes you out of the experience. <clears throat> yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like... And and this is a bad a bad thing to bring up, but it's, in the Revenant, when those, when you had those shots where he was in the forest, you felt like you were in the forest because they were there in the forest. Yeah. In these shots in the ECG, they should be mimicking that feeling. Mm-hmm. They should be trying to make you feel like you're in the jungle. And with the way the camera moved, with how jittery it was, with how much post processing effects were on everything, mm-hmm. I never felt like he was in that place. Yeah, there were definitely, when he's walking on vines or trunks or whatever, I was like, oh, I can tell this is not, like, his feet are not on what it looks like they're yeah. on. Like, it he's looked, clearly not there. Didn't look that great. Yeah. Which is really disappointing. It like, should honestly, look fantastic. In, in an age? The, the animals look pretty good in where they were and all yeah. that, but that's because everything there was CGI, so they had they were making it on whatever right? it was being made on. Yes. But then it just completely, I don't know what it he is about. He doesn't feel like he's in the scene. Well, about something about the way that they had the animals talk, it just took me out of it. Do you want to know what it is? Huh. They, uh, what's the term when you give something human I mean, there's Uncanny Valley. Yes. Yeah. They gave human characteristics and facial mannerisms to animals. Yeah. Especially Baloo. Something and about that, Baloo was so weird It's because to me. his face, all right, look, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to claim I'm an animal expert here, uh-huh. but the muscle structure in animals' faces does not match humans. Yeah. They don't. It's impossible. That's not the way those animals work. Yeah. And Every single time we saw an animal talking, they had the mannerisms and facial movements of a human. Yeah. And it was weird every time. Yeah. Every time. It makes, ugh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I don't like seeing a bear's lips move like he's talking or a wolf's lips moves like they're talking. They don't have the muscles in the li- in their lips that let them do that. Yeah. I don't want to... S- <sighs> That's troubling. Um, and another weird thing... Have uh, him be psychic uh, or some crap. Oh have him boy. talk telepathically to these animals or something. I don't know. I, yeah, that's not even good for me. I, I think if they were all just barking and Mowgli could bark with them and then we just kind of do that thing where we go, okay, we understand what they're saying. Yeah. Like, uh, but it, there were some other weird voice things where um, Ka comes in, mm-hmm. the snake, yeah. uh, voiced by Scarlett Johansson, right. which it's like, oh, it's a lady playing Ka. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's 2016, fuck you. Yeah, like, who cares? And she's second of great. all, she's in it for two minutes. Yeah, she, and then hop. And then out. Tops is what I'm going to say. And then out. And um, we don't owe it. Like, when we first hear her, we don't see her. I loved it. And, well, I didn't because it sounded weird. It, it sounded, sounded like it came from everywhere. Echoey. Yeah. Too and, echo- and I understand Ka is supposed to be a hypnotic yeah, character. But, but you're right. They weren't in a cave, so why was it echoing? It way too echoey. He was in the top layer of the jungle. I enjoyed it when it would come from the right and then the left. Yes, in that the makes theater, sense. that's an exciting right. thing that they can do. Because you're like, oh, they're moving. She's moving around. Yeah. But you're right. It echoed way too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I did that for another character, too, and I honestly can't remember which one. Probably mm-hmm. Shere Khan. There was a Shere Khan scene where we don't see him, but we hear him. Yeah. There's there's another scene where we don't see a character, but we hear them, and I was like, why is it so echoey? Yeah. Like, I get we're supposed to be, like, kind of spooked, but mm-hmm. way too echoey. Right. Um, I'm going to just read this fact and just take it. Uh, director Jean Favreau received the Innovation in Film Award from PETA for using all CGI animals and not harming any real, animal, real animals during the production of The Jungle Book. So you can get an award from PETA for never being around an animal ever. Yep. Uh, cool. To, okay, let me go back to the songs. No, now. no, no. He didn't care for animals so well that he got an award. He just said, let's not have animals at all. And PETA went, good job, bro. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So do I get an award from the police because I don't commit a crime? <laughs> Am I going to get an award? It just PETA's such like a bad organization I don't, anyway. Yeah, so they're dumb. I, Look, I, I care about animals. I love animals. But PETA does such... They're just out of touch with what they're... They have goals and they don't understand how to achieve them. Uh-huh. Um, so here's the thing about Ka. So Ka has a very iconic song in the original and she, she animated does, like, one. she a part of it. She, she speaks like, it like a in the film. Words, yeah. Uh, and then... Over the credits, after King Louis' reprise, she does a great version. Oh, I think. Lovely. I mean, I really enjoy Scarlett Johansson singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's released a couple of albums. Yeah. Um, one of them was Tom Waits' songs, which was like, okay, I guess. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm not a big Tom Waits fan, yeah. but I was like, you know what? She she can sing. She's good. I mean, she's not going to stop acting to I, make it her career. But I loved the rendition she did in the credits. Yeah, the one in the credits was great. And I was like, why wasn't this in the it film? Was, and it, and it, it had that hot, like... The way she sang it had that hypnotic mm. tone to it. Like it was, it was cool. It and was I, good. I think another important thing about um, the use of music in the original Jungle Book compared to what they're doing here mm-hmm. is that, of course, everything they're doing here is just nostalgia based and mm-hmm. you know whatever you want to call it. But what the original one was doing was interesting because it was the music of the time. It was you know, or, or of, a, of a of a very close time, like mm-hmm. a like kind of a jazz feel like a yeah. Dixieland jazz in a sense and where it, it was it was more exciting it didn't really fit what the setting was mm-hmm. but it, of the time that it was made yeah. is where it fit and so it really places it all very specifically in when right. it was made yeah. how it was made who made it and it yeah. makes it very interesting in that way and by taking them out of that and then putting them in 
our time, it's just we lose nostalgia. a lot of context. It's just, it's just by it's itself, it's way weird. less interesting. Yeah, and and because that was a time when Disney would put out a movie, and not only was it a good animated film, mm-hmm. but it was also something that kids would sing. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd watch this film, and they'd watch it again, and the second time or third time they'd watch it, they'd sing along with well, it. Well, and you get, like, the soundtrack. It was a whole thing. Yeah, but it was a different era. I feel era. like in, in, when you go back to certain older, before, like, the 90s, where they started doing just, you know, pop songs in their yeah. movies. But you go back, a total different like, thing. you go back to Aristocat, Aristocats, mm-hmm. you go back to, you know, Jungle Book, you go back to... Uh, I can't even think of another because oh, like even Pinocchio was doing interesting things like right. the, the, the Dumbo oh, interesting yeah. things with music yes where and, and and of course you know their biggest experiment was Fantasia yeah where they were like oh let's just get they uh, were trying let's new get things. an orchestra yeah <laughs> but now it's just oh yeah just rehash that song yeah, we're gonna put it in there because because we need it yeah um, here's another fact uh, which I noticed this in the credits and it made me sad uh, this is Gary Shandling's final film Oh. Gary Shandling was the uh, the comedian and actor who uh, died a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, very very sad. He was a big influence on comics, you know, around America. Mm-hmm. Uh, he voiced uh, the Porcupine, oh, which I thought yeah. was a very fun character. Yeah, it was cute. Uh, and which was actually from the original book, yeah. the original novel. That's awesome. Uh, I kind of liked where they added in those kinds of characters. Mm-hmm. That was fun times. But right, right. But it just a lot of this film couldn't stand for me. Like it just. When you get to a point where Baloo is punching monkeys, you're kind of like, what am I watching? Yeah. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not... What is happening right now? Yeah. Because it exists in that weird... Like, I wouldn't even call it, call it Uncanny Valley. Because Uncanny Valley is about the, the, the gap between, you know, CG and human being completely lifelike. And whenever you're in that in that divide, it just looks weird. This is more of the... We're hugging the line of a cartoon, but <laughs> yeah. we also want to be completely realistic looking. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the middle, we have to stay true to those cartoon roots of being fun and all that stuff, but also try and be realistic and lifelike. And we've got to meet somewhere in the middle. And too many things don't line up when you try and do that. Mm-hmm. Like you have to perfectly line everything up for a film not to come out on the other side and just be weird in some way or another. And you're right. We got Baloo fighting off an army of monkeys. Yeah. And that's what? Like yeah, that's very strange. Weird. Yeah. Like they didn't even almost, they didn't need to be, if you took Baloo and uh, Bagheera yeah. out of that scene entirely mm. and just have them like waiting for when he escapes from Louie, mm-hmm. Would have been the same scene. Yeah. Would have been the same scene. It's just you have Louis be distracted by something else. Yeah. They added nothing. That was just an action scene. Mm-hmm. That's it. It was It was weird, though. It was like, unnecessary. It was super weird for me. To, I'm like, Blue is punching monkeys? Like, yeah. what, what is going on right it's now? It's the world we live in. It's like if they, you know, if they remade Little Mermaid and she has a knife and starts stabbing Ursula. It'd be like, yeah. what? what is happening right yeah. now? It's... Um, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, for me, I've always thought, I, I think I've always thought King Louis was the most inter- interesting character from the original. Mm-hmm. And the way that they use him is, again, very interesting. He's changed from a, an orangutan to, he says his, uh, what animal he is. It's like a gigantophilopolis, mm-hmm. which is a real thing, but it yeah. existed in kind of like ancient times. Right. Uh, because he's very much larger uh, than everything else, every other animal. 
Um, oh, and another weird thing, which I think was only put in for the adults. Uh, when Mowgli gets to the monkey, he's kidnapped and taken to the monkey palace, and he's kind of it, placed in front of treasures. He picks up a cowbell. Yeah. Now, we all recall right. Christopher Walken's infamous SNL cowbell sketch. Mm-hmm. And that's like, why? Is this here just for that? Yeah. Is this what's going on right now? Uh, so strange. So very strange. And there was even a plot point that made no sense to me in, this, in that uh, Blue is trying to get Mowgli to get him honey. Mm-hmm. Blue wants honey. Yep. He's like, Mowgli, go up there and steal that honey. Mm-hmm. I saved your life from the snake. Go, go do this thing. Mm-hmm. He says, I need the honey to hibernate. I'm a bear. I hibernate. So help me get the honey so when I hibernate, I don't die. Mm-hmm. And so then he, he doesn't. I'm thinking like, first I'm thinking, do jungle bears hibernate? Is this a plot point that's no. going to come up in a couple of weeks? No, and, it, then, it and then and then later. later on, Bagheera is like, like, what are you teaching him? You don't hibernate. You don't hibernate. And then, but here's the thing. Mowgli wouldn't even know about hibernation if Blue hadn't told him about hibernation. Yeah. He made up a lie that he needed to support with his lie to support yeah. himself with the lie that he made yep. up to support. Mm-hmm. He could have literally just said, he could literally just said, I'm hungry. I'm starving. Yeah. I'm going to die if you don't help me. It was, in, it was, it was nonsense. Yeah. It, it was, it was like a three-year-old wrote this and then someone else came in and edited it and it was, but they couldn't change what he'd already written. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh crap, we need to, this other character to point out that that was dumb. Yeah. It's really you know, weird. There's, there's a lot of weird part and it kind of a, a whole subplot about how Mowgli's a man so he can make inventions that they don't call inventions. They call them tricks. Tricks. Uh, which comes up in the final, you know, fight with Shere Khan. Hey, so do you want to know what's weird about tricks? Hmm. Most, most types of monkeys also use tools. Oh, yeah. So this would not be a strange thing in the jungle. I do like that the it monkeys are kind of like a weird mob. That's kind of a fun and element, they, they're but the they, only, they're kind they're of like, useless. They're one of the few sets of animals that don't have a language. Yeah, that was very strange. I don't understand why some animals have language and other ones don't. No, that didn't make any sense to me either. Why, why could he talk to some? It, it makes sense if he only knows wolf or, you know what I mean? If he yeah. only interacted with certain types uh-huh. of animals, so he learned their languages. Uh-huh. So if he met a new type of animal, he wouldn't know it then. Yep. But that's not what it sets up. It sets up that... All of these animals in this part of the jungle all speak the same language. Yeah. Okay. But please, what you were going to say about the Shere Khan fight? Uh, oh, I wanted the to tricks. talk. Before I get to that, Shere Khan, mm-hmm. villain, uh, he wants to kill Mowgli. And uh, I don't even know if this is the original. Apparently because Mowgli's father burned him? Yeah. Is that a, a thing? I don't remember that. Because that seemed dumb show. to me. I was like, yeah. okay, so, I mean... The reason why Mowgli is even in the jungle is because Shere Khan attacked his father and his father burned him. So that's why Shere Khan wants to kill Mowgli because Mowgli's a, a man cub who's in the jungle because it was another circular logic mm-hmm. that I thought was unnecessary. Yeah. And then if it wasn't enough that Shere Khan killed Mowgli's human father, mm-hmm. Shere Khan, Shere Khan, he kills Mowgli's wolf father. Yeah. They doubled down on mm-hmm. the revenge father plot. And then at the end of it, Mowgli doesn't even care. Yeah. Mowgli's not even like, I'm getting revenge for my de- two dead father figures. Mm-hmm. He's, if, if, if anything, he's getting revenge for everyone in the jungle. Like, yeah. Shere Khan, your reign of terror ends now. It, nonsense. Very, very much a lot of nonsense. In, in the book, mm-hmm. uh, he is in the wolf pack, by the way, in the book. Okay. And 
I mean, I guess. Shere Khan... I, I didn't super get into that anyway. Oh, okay. So in the book, Shere Khan attacks a group of people, mm. and they have a baby with them. Okay. And the people flee, mm-hmm. and the baby's left behind. Oh, okay. And Shere Khan goes to chase the the people, mm-hmm. knowing that the baby's there, and is like, oh, easy food, I'll come back for him. Mm-hmm. And it's discovered by Bagheera. Mm-hmm. Bagheera takes him to the wolf pack. Shere Khan says... I didn't get the humans. I didn't get the baby either. I will get the baby one day. Okay. That's his whole impetus. It's just because he was hunting, he didn't achieve his goal, and he's going to get him someday. That's it. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with his father. Um, so weird. He does take out... Um, Akila? Akira? So... Akiba. <laughs> interesting. I mean, so it's many. way more... Wow, the book is way more interesting in its story. While sure. Mowgli is growing up, Shere Khan infiltrates the wolf pack, becomes Jeez. a part of the wolf pack, promising the younger wolves which rewards once they de- depose Akela. Mm-hmm. Um, they trick Akela into missing his kill. The council expels him. Jesus. Yeah, this um, sounds way better than... Because they tried to... It, it was clear they tried to weave in new elements from the book, but also keep the classic moments that we know. Mm-hmm. Like Mowgli building yeah. some kind of pulley system to get that honey. Akila never, never, <laughs> never dies. He just becomes a lone hunter oh, and geez. loses his wolf pack. And because of that, Mowgli <clears throat> returns to the human village, but swears that one day he's going to come back and kill Shere Khan for that, for like ruining his his father's honor. So let's talk about the ending. Wow, way more interesting. Let's talk about the ending. Uh, Shere Khan is attacking uh, Mowgli. Thinks, oh, let me get some fire. I'll use that to fight Shere Khan. Mm-hmm. Animals are scared of him because he has the fire. Red flower, as they call it. Red flower. Uh, there's animals don't understand it. Yep. Uh, that's what King Louis wants it, which yep. I I find that to be the most compelling thing ever. Yeah, because he wants to have the power. He wants to have the power of man. Yeah. Because he, as a monkey, he feels he is so close mm-hmm. to being a man that if all he had was that that red flower, the fire, mm-hmm. he could have more power than Shere Khan. He could take over the jungle. Great. Um, that is a character that has motivation that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and so he accidentally starts a fire, of course. Mm-hmm. Mowgli is a little dummy. Mm-hmm. And then he throws the fire away, yep. the fire that he he can use to fight Shere Khan. Mm-hmm. And Shere Khan's like, well, that was the dumbest thing he could have done. And mm-hmm. I could only agree. Yep. In fact, it, it, Mowgli was in a no-win situation because Shere Khan could just kill him at any moment anyway. Yeah. Um, so then he somehow gets him to run into the fiery forest. There's a whole battle scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not understand at all what was going on with that tree situation until he did it. Because it was dead. Well, it was dead and he, he put like, there was way too much time spent on showing all of his intricate machinations of building whatever mm-hmm. he was building. Well, you got to know that he's good at tricks. Yeah. So all, all I needed was to see him with a rope and then to see him out on that ledge. And then I, it would have went, okay, cool. Yeah. Great. Got it. Like he's tricking Shere Khan. Yep. We didn't need all the other crazy like five minutes of climbing and whatever. Yeah. On the inside of the tree. Didn't it feel like that took forever? You're like, oh man, come on. Yeah. And we had to see him put that other rope outside. Eat the kid already. Either eat the kid or you know burn the tree. I don't know. You're a tiger. Fall Uh off the tree. So then Mowgli does that crazy jump and he's Mm -hmm. on the rope and Shere Khan falls to his death. Oh boy, again. Yep. Uh, Okay whatever and like, then he becomes and then he's the leader of the jungle because he united them or something yeah that's like the end because he saved the elephant the elephant helped the oh, elephants yeah, the elephants. build the dam to put the fire out yeah 
And then and then he becomes the jungle friend and all of the different species love I, him. I really feel like with the the way that they did with the elephants, they totally should have done with the monkeys. Yep. Where the elephants, before they're even a, a character that we need to care about, mm-hmm. we, we get a moment where... Loved it. Where Bagheera tells Mogul, oh no, you need to bow down as these elephants go by. They control the jungle. They yeah. make the rivers and all this yeah. stuff. And they I'm like, made the that's jungle. great. I loved that. That's, they clear, like, as, and also, as an they don't have a language. Lore? I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. But, that's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, from animal lore, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's cool. And really and cool. and it's different from what they did in the animated film, where they're kind of like an army, mm-hmm. which which is interesting. But this is different. Yeah. And I liked that this was yeah, different and how I different like, it was. I like this. Um, and they kind of introduce the elephants, and then later on they become important. And mm-hmm. I wish they would have done that with the monkeys, where we see the monkeys early on, mm-hmm. and kind of Mowgli's warned, like, stay away. Yeah. They, they work for King Louis. Or yeah, something. yeah. Or not even they work for King Louis. They're just oh, they're always up to stuff. Yeah. They're always. We could have used a little stealing from the side. Yeah. Like it would have been amazing if we didn't even need Bagheera to say anything. If just, we just in saw every one. scene we saw a monkey like stealing food from another animal yeah. and running away or something. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great foreshadowing of like, uh-huh. what are all these monkeys doing? Yeah. Instead, we get like this just oh he just got kidnapped by monkeys yeah for no reason like cool because if if you saw this movie and then on a second viewing you noticed in every scene there was a monkey watching yeah Mowgli in every scene Mm -hmm. and like keeping track of him be like oh King Louis got his people out there yeah that even says my ears have ears my ears ears have ears so okay that would have been fantastic to get that foreshadowing I don't know but no they kind of missed that Okay, so then you, you had a big problem with the ending. Okay, because in the in the I, cartoon, I don't blame you. One of one of the like most interesting parts to me was that at the end of the movie, he does go to the village, right? I'm not misremembering this, am I? No, of course he goes to the village because he has of, to because huh. he sees a young girl. Well, I mean, they kind of put that in, but also it's that that's kind of a sim. I feel like that's symbolic of him becoming a man. Yes, and being that's, interested. He goes in the from being a boy sex. cub to a man. Yeah, and he has this interest, and he realizes that one of the reasons why he needs to be with his people is because the thing that makes humanity different from animal is that we help each other. Like, like yeah, there are wolf packs, but humanity has that version. We we stay together and we we form families and we raise kids together and it's one of the reasons why we've proliferated and and we now control the world is because of that 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 you know colonialism almost that that ability to stay together and to move and to expand and and it was this beautiful moment in the cartoon where it was like yes these are adventures but these are the adventures of boyhood yeah that he, he was a child and he was going through these experiences and he went through the gauntlet of puberty and he comes out on the other side and there's this beautiful young girl and mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of embracing his maturity and his manhood. And it's this sweet moment where you're like, oh yeah, he's giving up his childish things and he's moving on with his life. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, nope. Nope. <laughs> he's just, I'm going to have fun in the jungle. Yeah. We barely even see the the man village. As we they just call get it. these crazy images of the fire and people talking. And it's it's almost like Mowgli's scared of it. Yeah, I don't like. I didn't know how to read that moment because they're like anytime he sees a, a human being, they're silhouetted by the fire. Yeah, and he sees them as these like fire creatures almost. Yeah, it was very very strange. Yeah, didn't know how to read that. Yeah. Uh, would you like some factual errors? Yes. In the Jungle Book. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to skip all the stuff about scars being in the wrong place and not making sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here's a fun one. Blue is actually a Himalayan bear. Uh, In the book, he's a a sloth bear, is what he's called. Yeah. Um, And as the name suggests, Himalayan bears live in the Himalayas. Right. It wouldn't be in the jungle. Uh, Here's another one. One of the creatures that appears is a gerbao. It's the rodent with large ears. Mm -hmm. They were cute. They were fun little characters. Um, they're not native to the jungle that no, they're they be there. they're showing that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, Aren't they from the desert? Yes. Yeah, they're I from the desert. I thought that was very strange because I saw that rodent and I went, "Oh, I, I guess they live in jungles." That's I don't know. It doesn't make sense rodent. to me. I even I know that. Uh, the movie uh, depicts African-sized elephants in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in India. Indian elephants are smaller. Yeah. Uh, wolves. It says also the wolves are not depicted accurately either, as they pos- possess dense fur. Mm-hmm. compared to real Indian wolves, which due to the heat tend to have rather short fur. Yeah, very short fur. They, the wolves they, in the movie closely resemble Tibetan wolves. Yeah, which it's colder there, so you need more fur. I noticed that too. They're mm-hmm. very, they, they would be so hot in that t- in that climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh boy. Uh, this is, I mean, this was just fun, I think, but uh, Ka is supposed to represent an Indian or Burmese python. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they are the largest pythons in the world. The maximum size of a specimen for both species being around 21 feet. Mm-hmm. And Ka is clearly around 100 feet. Yeah, she is huge. Um, and then, yeah, King, King Louis is roughly the size of King Kong. I yeah. thought that was nuts. Yeah, I looked up that type of ape. Mm-hmm. Nine feet. Yeah. Uh, yet he's able to move about the temple with ease instead of getting stuck due to his size. I think this person is just mad. Yeah. Um, well, that's true. I mean, I guess hmm, that's interesting. Well, Louis, it makes more sense for. Uh, Bagheera knew that Akila was killed by Shere Khan, yet nobody ever told him. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, did he go back? If he went back, he would have seen Shere Khan and fought him. Because Shere Khan was like uh, just hanging out there. Because he knew he couldn't beat him alone. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, because did someone like did a bird come and tell him? Like, yeah, what? because <laughs> whenever, whenever whenever Shere Khan would show up, he would uh, a bird would be like, "Hey, Shere Khan's coming." <laughs> <laughs> or when there was fire, the bird was like, "Ah, fire! Ah, fire!" <laughs> um, or when the water went down, "Ah, peace rock!" Right. Who would tell Bagheera? Mm-hmm. I mean, and just word just spread, but we we have no mention of that of like animals talking to animals, passing messages along. It makes sense for Louis because he's got the his ears got ears, but. Huh. Yep. Uh, so that was a movie. Yeah. I mean, we are we downers? Is there something wrong with us? I mean, at, <laughs> at the time, at the time, I was like, well, you know, I could see why this would be made at this time. We are in a, a world of visual spectacle, and um, the the problem was is is movies like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and Rise of the Planet of the Apes oh, yeah. came out. And did some incredible stuff with CG. Mm-hmm. Some almost lifelike. Like, I would say you have to look for the problems there. You have to look and be like, that's not a monkey. Well, and that's the thing. Like, they speak in those films, and I was not bothered. No, it was, I was incredible. Enthralled. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> that was I cared, exciting. In the, in the second film, you spend a lot of time with the apes. Yeah. And that was riveting. Yeah. I loved that. Mm-hmm. And... In this movie, I never once thought I was looking at a real animal. Ever. Yeah. There was... This is this is just... This is a cartoon movie made with expensive computers. Yeah, I don't know why they, why they would even try to make them look so realistic if they're... I mean, if they're going to fail so hard, I yeah. guess to say. But it's... I mean, that's just being mean. It's... 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 
clearly they're crossing an uncanny valley for me in a sense that it it doesn't even it has no effect making them look so realistic. Especially when they act not realistic yeah. in every way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you'd get you'd get shadows of like this is the way this animal really moves, and mm-hmm. then it would do something anthropomorphic. That's the word I was looking for mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. and. And you'd be like, that animal doesn't have that muscle or skeletal structure in order to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And um, it would just draw me out of it. And and the problem is, is we are in our 20s and 30s. Yeah. And we don't have children. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said where when you take children to a movie like this Mm -hmm. and you get to see the wonder in their eyes at being able to see this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was in the theater with a bunch of kids and some of them weren't even paying attention. Yeah. I, and I think, I mean, uh, I love Disney. Yeah, I really do. Me too. Uh, I have an annual pass that I pay money for. Yeah. And I I give them a lot of money every year. I like, you know, all the cartoons. I like even the dumb, silly stuff that they're still making now, but Mm -hmm. you, you reach a point where this film was, uh, made in such a way where it I don't know who they wanted to please because it pleased too kind of many no, lines. One, no one. Yeah. It, it wasn't quite a, I mean, some of the scenes are a little intense for certain, some children. Yeah. I was like, uh, whoa. And then, you know, playing back to the book, I mean, I guess if they're hardcore book fans, they're kind of more pleased by this one than mm-hmm. other versions. Yeah, it did follow more of the story. Uh, and then you get people who love the original, so you put in some of the songs, but yeah. they're not all the songs and they're not even that great. And, and, and there was that super cool Louis scene that happened on a, on dioramas yeah where in the he, credits where, where he was At singing. the film was done yeah christopher walken was singing uh-huh. and there's these gorgeous dioramas that look completely lifelike and yeah. i'm sure if it was in 3d it would look incredible yeah like you were looking down at this moving thing and it was more close to what i think the fantastical feel that they wanted yes was was kind of a book popping open and, it, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing when it ended and it showed the book i was I like, like it, it didn't even start with the book yeah, it was this like, weird framing device. It was it was a weird non-framing device. It was, device, it was I'm just call one it. half of the frame. Yeah, because I really enjoyed the opening. The way that it opened, it kind of pulls out from the classic yeah. Disney Castle opening, mm-hmm. and then you get the title, and then you're in the jungle. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Even though the, the the lack of 3D or the use of 3D post conversion mm-hmm. kind of made it a little wonky. Yeah, uh, you know that was cool. Mm-hmm. But then you end with the book. Mm-hmm. It, ugh, that didn't make any sense. Yep, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. The credit. I mean, the credits were fun. The credits were better than the film. Yeah, the credits I were fun. I love the Christopher Walken. He was actually doing his sing-songy voice. Mm-hmm. He was dancing around these little tiny dioramas. Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson comes on singing cause song. The movie was just the movie. Like it's it is it is Saturday night. The kids are home and we're cooking up popcorn and Jungle Book's coming on. Like it is that type of movie. It is yeah. not. It's not gonna knock your socks off it's not horrible it's not great mm-hmm. it's just they made a movie they did it and it made it made a bunch of money and then what next year the other one's coming out the wb version yeah directed by uh andy circus <sighs> which i mean who even cares uh i mean that if that one's that one will obviously have to stick closer to the book because it can't uh call n- n- nostalgia yeah, no of uh the songs right but at the same time it's kind of uh you know, what What are they going to do? Why did I close? We're not <laughs> you closed your laptop. You're like, well, we're done. Well, who cares? <laughs> ah, I need to, uh, I need to watch better movies. I feel like, I'm sorry. Hey, I saw Hardcore Henry. Down. Oh man, I'm jealous. That was way fun. 
If I get a chance, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna make that a bonus. Yeah, we gotta do a bonus. We gotta do some bonus situation. Yeah, we gotta get some on the docket. We have not. We're behind. Uh, that's the review. The boss came out. I'm gonna say let's just say that's the review. We're let's done. finish the review by talking about other movies. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about what's coming out in new theaters. Right? Yeah. Uh, new in theaters, we got The Huntsman, Winner's War, Elvis and Nixon Ooh. together at last. Yep. A hologram for the king. Mm-hmm. And compadres. Yep. Uh, but before we play, guess the ending. Um, let's get out some thanks. Starting with Silent Partner, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout. We got that from the YouTube Audio Library, youtube.com slash audio library. Go check it out. Uh, our logo was done by Justin Kizan. He's an artist and a writer. You can find his writing over at Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. Uh, another podcast that I do uh, with the help of David King and, and Matt Benson uh, is Pick Your Path. It's a choose-your-own-adventure-style enhanced podcast where you, the listener, uh, in each episode get to choose how the story goes. Uh, thanks to the advents of technology and writing, uh, you can do that. Uh, and if you don't want to pick, uh, luckily, uh, we have the the perfect path, the right path, the best path Optimal. for each story. Yeah. Uh, I think we call them the ultimate path. Ultimate. Uh, so you don't even have to make choices. You can just listen to a really good story. Nice. Uh, narrated to you. Uh, a fun time, a throwback to the old Choose Your Adventure novels mm-hmm. of, of our youths. Um, so go check that out. BenViewNetwork.com slash PYP. If Tom was here, he would tell you about Optograb.org, his website where he writes uh, uh, TV recap uh, things. Uh, he's been writing a lot of TV recaps. Uh, he writes about uh, different Oscar-winning films. Uh, he writes a lot on there. It's yeah. a good time. He's very and busy. he has short stories on Amazon and Smashwords. So look him up. Thomas Willett. Uh, Jordan. I stream over at Gamersault Weekly. Um, uh, last week, I streamed Dark Souls 3, and I beat it last night. So I was going to stream it the rest of the month. It looks like that's not going to happen. So instead, this weekend, I will be streaming Ratchet & Clank, oh. which is a remake, reimagining, because it is a game based on a movie, based on a game. Oh, no, shut up. And they are very aware of it, mm-hmm. and it is very fun. Oh, okay, that might be fun. And they've they kind of rebuilt everything. Like, it is pretty much the same game. They, mm. they redid... Uh, a lot of the systems to make it more modern. Yeah. And it is gorgeous. Nice. It it looks better than the trailer for the movie. Oh. Visually. Are we going to review that? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Maybe. It might be a bonus. Bonus. Okay. Um. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'll be doing that this weekend from 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Come by, hang out. It'll be like watching a cartoon. So come over and we'll play some video games together. <laughs> Um, and then check out all the other great shows on the Benview Network, BenviewNetwork.com. Uh, we've got Trent Talk. We've got a podcast preview. We've got The Artist Tree. Uh, yeah. She just interviewed uh, Slime Beast, Ooh. some kind of a, a you know um, creepypasta guy. Oh, okay. Uh, he shows up uh, a lot in Midnight Marinara. That's another show nice. on the Benview Network yep. uh, by David King. Um, we got a lot of shows. And for a while there, we were getting new ones every week. And, uh, you know, we might still pick up some new ones. I don't yeah. know. I hear rumblings. We're growing. Uh, Benson and I, we send telegraphs to each other. We just go... I mean, that's the only way to... Wait, there's another way to talk to people? No, of course not. Yeah. No. People are hearing this through magic, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just beam this out, and then people put on tinfoil hats. Yeah. And it's streamed directly to their brains. Yeah, so I telegraph, you know, Benson, and I say, hey, you got a new show coming? And then he says, oh, well, we'll see. Yep. 
So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's always exciting. And then our personal website for Nerds Eye View is nevpodcast.com. You can email us nevpodcast at gmail.com and on Twitter at nevpodcast. And my personal Twitter is at podcaster Andrew. And I'm at True Valken. Remember, you can uh, check out my streaming schedule at GA Weekly. Mm. And, oh, I feel like I had one more thing. Well, if I remember it, I'll just bust in and say it. Nice. Uh, but for now, it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. Yeah. Um, uh, let's do the thing. Are you? Oh, you're going first. I'm going first. Okay. Elvis and Nixon, directed by Liza Johnson, starring Michael Shannon, Kevin Spacey, Alex Pettifer, and Johnny Knoxville. The untold true story behind the meeting between the king of rock and roll and President Nixon, resulting in, a, in this revealing yet humorous moment immortalized in the most requested photograph in the National Archives. So, I had no idea about this. I would have thought you were making up all that last part until I looked over and went, oh, that is, in fact, what is written. Yep. (laughs) I am reading what is there. Uh, So, the interesting part about this is the first half of the the movie does cover this, right? Uh, Elvis Presley wanting to meet the president, the president going, hey, I need to appeal to younger voters. How am I going to do that? Oh, Elvis wants to come hang out. Uh, about their their little misadventures of becoming friends. And then it gets kind of weird because in the second half, it fast forwards and it's in modern day and Elvis and Nixon are hanging out. Hmm. And they're in a secret bunker set up by the government. And it's basically about their misadventures. I don't know if you've seen 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's a little bit like that. Less thriller, more comedy about these two dudes who just became the best of friends later in life. And now because of, you know, look, the way the government has technology that we don't know about, right? Chemtrails. It's all real, right? It's all, it's all real. Chemtrails. That's what I'm saying. Chemtrails. And so they're living unnaturally long lives, very vibrant, very, you know, they've got workout regiments down there, Mm. but they're just hanging out enjoying the world you know ready for when world war three starts and uh it kind of culminates in a uh a geocacher stumbling onto the entrance to their their bunker (laughs) and being like what's up is this like a nuclear silo or somewhere finagles their way inside and (laughs) finds elvis and nixon hanging out weird and uh that's that's how it is when the credits roll of them just being like Oh shit! And uh, Elvis is holding okay. like a box of Cheerios. You, I'm gonna tell you, you made a face that uh-huh. did not translate to audio, yeah. but was perhaps the best, yeah. best face that I wish the the film ended on. Both yeah. both Nixon and Elvis making they that, make face, that face, and it freezes, and yeah. then the credits roll. And Elvis a la has an eighties sitcom. Elvis has like Cheerios in his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nixon has like a, a cup of Joe, and they're both making that face. And that's boom credits. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, this should I be a fun movie. That. All right, I'm gonna take on a hologram for the King, directed by Tom Tykwer, uh, starring Tom Hanks, Alexander Black, Sarita Chaudhary, and Ben Wishaw. A failed American businessman looks to recoup his losses by traveling to Saudi Arabia and selling his idea to a wealthy monarch. Uh, so this film was actually set up more in a, in a weird way. Uh, so even though 
Tom Hanks is a failed American businessman, he's actually living pretty large. Yeah. It's kind of a commentary on the American credit system mm. and the American economy and the world economy. And, and how that, those two interact. Yes. And how Tom Hanks, even though he's failed, he is very much not a good businessman. Mm. He's still living pretty large and he's able to travel over to Saudi Arabia pretty easily. Yeah. Now, the Saudi Arabian king... He should be sitting in the lap of luxury, but his kingdom is languishing. No money, mm-hmm. not not even you know enough. His people are all starving. Uh, wow. You know he's hated. Did uh, they run out of oil or something? Well, they ran out of something. I'll tell okay. you. Uh, we're gonna get there. Uh, okay. And uh, so when Tom Hanks gets there, this king sees how lavishly that you know Tom Hanks' character is. This businessman, mm-hmm. he was able to fly in on a private jet, and he has all these crazy ideas, and he wow. but. So he's looking for funding, but the king doesn't have money to fund him. Oh. So they kind of they're putting each other on for a while because oh, obviously as a businessman yeah. he's trying to sell him uh. on this thing and the king he's kind of like, "Oh, I like all of your ideas, please tell me more." Yeah. I will invest. And Tom but, Hanks just isn't aware that he's broke. Yeah, that he's broke. Oh, jeez. Uh, so they kind of they're playing each other for a while, and then they become friends, which is kind of a you know it's like okay. Do they move in the bunker with Nixon and Elvis? No, no, no. <laughs> we're 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 in Saudi Arabia. Okay. The bunker, I don't know. It's somewhere in America. They My can't bad. say it's a geocache secret. It's it's North Carolina. <laughs> um, and so finally, um, uh, Tom Hanks realizes what's going on. But then he also realizes, oh, if only they could get to that oil. Wait, I can invent a thing to get to the oil that they, they use, need to get the money. Wait, huh. they use holograms to find oil? Well, uh, I don't want to say too much, but Ooh. maybe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> maybe it's the future. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's how it ends. They, they find oil using holograms. And he kind of, that's, that's kind of And they uplifting. support each other. They yeah, kinda, they, yeah. But also all the people... Yes, all the people again. finally can eat again. Yes. Oh, wow. And then when Tom Hanks goes back, you know, he realizes, oh my goodness, I I only made enough money to just cover all the debt that yeah. I have. And so he's kind of a normal guy now. Yeah, but, but it's but, okay. Yeah, because he helped an entire country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And mm-hmm. that, wow, that is the moral of the story. You know, yeah. it's not just about greed, it's about helping. Yeah, so sometimes all you need is a hologram for the king. Is that, that's how it ends, my, right? Yeah, that's it. Credits. <laughs> Credits. And then the book closes, and then it opens up, and there's a little pop-up show of, <sighs> of the entire story again. And Tom, Tom, Hanks, Tom Hanks sings singing. the song. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then the, the classic the, song, A Hologram for the King. And the monarch mm-hmm. sings Ka's song. Uh, <laughs> and now we can end the guessing. Oh my goodness. Um... Yeah, next week we're going to review Huntsman Winter's War. Oh, God. Oh, that's what I was going to mention. See? Look, I did remember. Okay. Uh, so, Huntsman Winter's War, uh, there was a preview screening of it showed just for Cal State Long Beach students. What? And so, a... Uh, I couldn't go either. Oh. So, but I, I had someone who went write a review for, for my page in yeah. the Union Weekly. Nice. You know, so if you go to lbunion.com, uh, you can find that. It was actually from like two issues ago. Nice. Um... And their review was not very favorable, oh. but I'm still a little bit excited because right. I don't I like Emily Blunt and Charlize Theron and and uh, Jessica Chastain. I do. Yeah, they're all in a movie together. That's exciting. And Hemsworth um, himself is in it. Yeah, and so uh, you should check out lbunion.com and the the Long Beach Union Weekly. Not only because I am an editor for it and a frequent writer, but it's going to tie in with our review of the show. and. I wrote a profile of our own David King, uh, writer for Pick Your Path, uh, creator and proprietor of Midnight Marinara, uh, because he does cosplay. And so I wrote about his uh, cosplaying. That's really cool. Uh, because, 
you know what? Sometimes they need articles. Yeah. I <laughs> sometimes you. I can provide them. There you go. Uh, but it's a fun read, I think. I think he was very pleased uh, to be profiled. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, synergy, right? Synergy. <laughs> okay. So that's it for this episode of Nerds Eye View. Uh, come back next week if you want to know how the prequel, perhaps sequel, mm-hmm. to Snow White and the Huntsman goes. Oh, God. Uh, I've heard I have some to watch that other movie now. Weird mixed things. Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, no, maybe I not. Sh- I should. You should. Uh, hopefully we'll have a guest for that. Uh, I do apologize for the lack of guests the past couple of weeks. We should have had Tom two weeks. What was it? A week ago? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're... It's an interesting season. Yeah. We're you going know, through some weird movies right now. Yeah. It used to be that, uh, I mean, there was a long while where every single week a, a tentpole movie would come out. Yeah. People wanted to see these movies. Mm. And now we're getting kind of just... B and C level tier stuff, and then every once in until a while, until Civil War, yeah, a couple weeks till Civil War, yeah, it's just a buffer again. zone between Beavis Doge and Ugh. and Civil War. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, please come back next week. Uh, I, I swear we'll be better. Uh, <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> uh, until then, this has been episode two seventy two of Nerds I View. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if a suited dude comes up to you and says, "Hey, we need to go back to the Man Cub Village," don't worry. You don't ever actually need to do that. N- none of that matters. It's it's the all the pieces Jesus are the same. Christ. What'd you do? I went to IMDb and Booker's yes, fucking I, I face hate just showed up. I hate when they do the big ads. Confusing. Okay, right so then. No, I can't. Yeah, I no, 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 it is. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, and you should turn a light on. It's gonna get darker. I don't want to do this. Podcast in the dark. I don't want to do it in the dark. Dark. I don't want to do it in the dark. this podcast is a part of the benview network you can find this and other podcasts like it at benviewnetwork.com